we're not licensed to use that song, Will. So <laughs> yeah, I had to just make it up. <laughs> MGM's after us already. See already, dude. See before we before we even like post this, they're they're on the phone right now. Tens of listeners that we have, I can imagine. <laughs> the, yes, the ten, <laughs> tens of ten. <laughs> Welcome to Cocktails and Scenes, guys. Uh, I'm Wayne, and with me as always is Will. What's going on? So today we are going to talk about No Time to Die. Because Daniel Craig had gray hair in this movie, and he had no time to die. <laughs> Do you get it? I get it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, this is a long time coming. We wanted to do this one a little bit closer last month when it came out, which I think was, I want to say October 8th off the top of my yep. head, I think was the date. Um, had some personal stuff come up, so we couldn't get it down. And then Wayne was away. And so schedules mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm, mix up. Mm-hmm. So we're doing this one a little bit later than we would have thought. But hopefully now by this time, you've all got a chance to see it and we can talk some Bond. Talking Bond today, that's right. Um, and of course, we're going to have a cocktail when we're talking Bond. And I mean, I'm pretty sure I know what our cocktails are going to be. But Will, what's your cocktail? Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna surprise you. So I, I mean, oh, okay. We already did the Vesper on the Bond episode, and we did. You know, so I feel like that was uh, the the quintessential Bond cocktail. Um, <laughs> yep. So, uh, Bond does like beer, and he does drink beer in these movies as well, and he drinks Heineken, and I haven't had a beer since one of the early episodes, so I'm going pretty basic here, but going with the beer of James Bond and drinking a Heineken. That works, man. Yeah. Love Heinies. Yeah, him and uh, him and Lighter have one, I believe, in that scene. And, yep. Uh, and uh, Ash, Billy Magnuson's character. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so they do. It's... Uh, it's, it's the beer of Bond. The, the Heine is the beer of Bond. Yeah. yeah. He likes those Heinies. He loves his Heinies. Also likes drinking beer, too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Terrible joke. What are you drinking? <laughs> um, well, I did go pretty basic on this one as well, but in the opposite sense, I just I didn't even like try to come up with a clever drink this is just a vodka martini shaken not stirred with three olives in it there you go can't beat it no you can't beat it man i know i mean it's just literally straight alcohol that's been straight alcohol um it's vodka vermouth and olives Yep. yep yeah we're we're taping two episodes back to back here so gonna try and pace ourselves so the second one could get dicey (laughs) (laughs) i'm kind of looking forward to it actually i think the second one's gonna be awesome (laughs) yeah gonna be gonna be a time yep um so before we get into it just a reminder we are on pretty much every streaming service where you can get podcasts um and we are on facebook instagram leave us a comment leave us a like uh let us know what you think of our opinions of this uh no time to die bond movie and um yeah so will are you ready to talk bond i am ready let's do it excited let's do it 
talking no time to die today. Will, did you have any like expectations going into this movie? We're talking, so this is the fifth of the Daniel Craig Bond movies, and yeah. we kind of knew beforehand that it was going to be his last one. Yeah. Um, we did also think Skyfall was his last one, um, but this time he was serious uh, when he said it was his last one. Um, did What were your expectations going into this? Yeah, I think the fact that they announced ahead of time that this was his last one kind of changed everyone's perception of what it would be. Um, you know, right. this is the first real series of Bond movies that ties in together, you know. Yep. You could call yep. them sequels as in the past they've kind of been more um like an anthology. Um yeah, each just like one of, off one off yeah, movies. Yeah, you didn't yeah. necessarily need to see one to see the other. Um right. and we actually would uh, we went with another couple for the first time and uh my friend's wife had not seen the other one. So she, this is her first one. Oh, okay. Um so, you know, there's some some things I think she might have missed and because of that, I think that this one being the last in the franchise kind of sets up different expectations for you, right? You need to wrap things up, uh, yep. you know, tie things up with a bow on top. And, and so I think, you know, I really wanted to see the series end on a high note because for the vast majority, the Craig era has been nothing short of a success uh, in my yep. mind as far as the films go. Um, I mean, I know Quantum of Solace was probably the weakest point for most people, um, and right. I probably agree. But I still think it's a it's a good Bond movie. It just doesn't add up to the uh, the other ones. I know I like Spectre a little bit more than you did. Um, mm-hmm. I know we mm-hmm. both worship Skyfall and both really like Casino Royale. Too, oh so. yeah, oh yeah. Um, so you know, with all that pressure, and I know we both think Craig is the best Bond. He's had the best movies. So, you know, my expectations was, hey, let's, you know, end this thing on a high note because, you know, from Casino Royale to this point um, has been some some great Bond era for us. So my expectations were just that, you know, I really want to see a good movie and I want to see us uh, wrap things up on a high note. What about you? I mean, basically the same, you know, finding out this was Craig's last one. I kind of figured they were going to go all out with it. Yeah. and and they did. Um, I like you said. I am a huge Craig fan as Bond. Um, so of course I'm going to see like anything that comes out with him uh, as Bond in it. Um, but uh, my expectations actually because of Spectre were kind of low. Um, yeah. yeah, I kind of uh, you know I wasn't the biggest fan of Spectre. I feel like it you know didn't hit the mark exactly as I would have liked it. But um, there was some, you know, good parts in it. And like you said, it continued the story, right? Like, you know, we we were able to draw things from Skyfall in the Spectre. And then Spectre basically set us up for this movie. Um, So knowing that going into it, like, I set my expectations low. Um, And then the reviews started coming in, right? And the reviews were actually pretty good for this movie. Um, they, uh, they're about 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, about a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, and 68% on Metacritic. Uh, so, so not bad. Not bad for a Bond movie. Um, the opening weekend, it, it did really well. Um, I mean, that was around the time that movies were just starting to come back into theaters. You yeah. know, October, 
Um, and it did, it did pretty well at the box office. It's opening weekend in U S and Canada was, uh, 55 million, um, gross worldwide. It ended up making 667 million, uh, which is, um, almost three times its budget. So definitely made up for the money. Um, did the reviews of this movie when they started coming in, did it, did it like affect how you were going to watch it or what you thought of it? No, I mean, you always take some stock into it, right? Like if something's hyped, sure. I mean, um, you know, you get a little bit more hyped for it. If you see a lot of good reviews and vice versa, like if you see some bad reviews, you're like, Oh no, but I still try to go into it with an open mind either way. It's definitely gone both ways. We're very good, remo- very good, you know, well-reviewed movies. I haven't, hit for me and vice versa i mean we'll talk about one <laughs> coming up here soon that wasn't <laughs> yep. reviewed too well and i i really like so um yeah. you know you can't you can't let that get to you but it, it does i mean you'd be lying if you said it didn't you know get into your head a little bit and and you know yeah. alter your hype a little bit i think the box office thing is really interesting here because um you know september october was really you know movies really started to come back in theaters and you you know you could tell even by just going to a theater you had Chung chi you had venom yep. 2 which say what you will about it did very well at the box office almost yep. did 100 mil in the opening weekend and then this was this was kind of like the almost a telltale because in, in one sense it is a popcorn-esque movie but in another mm-hmm. sense it's an older crowd type movie Bond it is. definitely yep. skews a lot more older than like Marvel would. And I think there's a little bit more skepticism from an older crowd to go back to a movie theater than there would be for a younger crowd that will go see, you know, a Marvel movie, things like that. So, right. Um, you're a little skeptical. I think, it, you know, box office, I think they weren't wowed by it, but I think it was okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the movie itself, I'm, I, you know, we'll get into, but as far as, um, just thinking about the reviews, uh, you know, I was happy to see that most people liked it. And most people said exactly what I mentioned earlier, that it wraps up the franchise nicely, which yep. I totally think it did as well. Yep. Um, so talking about that, man, what are your overall thoughts about the movie? Like, give me your elevator pitch on Bond and No Time to Die. Yeah. So uh, not my favorite of the Craig era. I would say it's probably third. Uh, it's definitely not first. Skyfall is far yep. and above. Then I, I think Casino Royale might be a step above it. I, I want to let this one maybe, you know, linger for a couple more years too before yeah, yeah. that final determination because it's always like that, right? You, like you can get too high or too low off a movie like right away. It does, and, and I think Casino Royale, yeah, Casino Royale was such a a big movie. You know, yeah. I mean, it was revitalizing the the Bond uh, franchise again. You know, so to to say that. Uh, you know, that one um, falls like down on our list a little bit more as a little bit like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. So to put it in perspective, you and I both, I think, had Casino Royale and Skyfall in our top five Bond movies, not just Craig movies or overall. Top exactly. Five Bond movies. Yeah. Um, so putting that aside, I'll get into this. This, I thought, did exactly what I wanted it to. It wrapped up the franchise. Well, it was a great ending. Um you know, we'll put the spoiler tag right now for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. Um, <laughs> please stop the podcast right now. Um, but, uh, you know, Bond dies at the end. And I kind of thought that would happen. I kind of right. hoped it would happen. And I think it was a beautiful scene, maybe the most beautiful scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know 
uh, Lauren was getting a little bit teary-eyed over next to me. Um, it was, uh, I just... <laughs> yeah, we that, never do that, though, in the movies. Yeah, never, never. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really well. I thought, um, even though it's not my favorite Craig movie, I think it's my favorite Craig performance. Um, I think he is so, so good in this. I think he took his acting to another level. I yep. think... Where something like Skyfall, you could even say that M kind of steals the show. Judy Dench is amazing Absolutely. in Skyfall. Yeah, like this totally movie. Agree. This movie is Daniel Craig. I mean, this is Daniel mm-hmm. Craig's movie. There's no denying it. He's mm-hmm. incredible in it. Um, the action's great. Um, you know, I we'll talk about some side characters. I'm sure later on and yep. how we feel about them. But uh, overall, it's it was a very satisfying ending to, like I said, a very satisfying era of Bond with Daniel Craig. What about you? Your overarching thoughts? So, um, well, I I really liked this movie. I really did. Um, I thought that it was a great wrap up to the Craig Bonds. Um, again, I'm with you. It probably lands about three for me. Um, where Skyfall was a great homage to Bond in general, this No Time to Die is a great homage to Craig and Craig's Bonds, right? Yeah. It's a good, good point. Uh, yep. So, like you said, it's all Craig. It's uh, He has the most screen time. He definitely has the best uh, character development. Um, and where I feel like some of, some of the parts of the movie were maybe a bit rushed and uh, some of the dialogue could have been a little bit better, in the end, it was a, uh, it was a sweeping story that kept you locked in the entire time and at the end when you feel that when you know it's coming because you start to know it's coming oh yeah uh you start to know you i'm i'm with lauren lauren and i would have been (laughs) teary-eyed in the seat in the theater next to each other because man this is an era dude this is an era that's leaving us and it's it's powerful It is. I weirdly, I just finished literally probably a half hour before we hopped on. I just finished my second viewing of it because now it's it's on demand. You can rent it um, on Amazon, YouTube, Google, any of that uh, voodoo. Uh, so I watched it at home. So it's the second time I saw it. And uh, I actually think I got more emotional this time because I think yeah. just the first time I'm just so enthralled in the movie. And I Oh, want, sure. Yeah. You're you just know. like into it. Like there's yeah. action going on. But yeah. right when I mean, it's right at the end when uh, he's talking to Q. Q is kind of the first person to realize that, you know, yep. he's going to die there um, because he realizes which is that, interesting. That's yeah, interesting. He, he realizes he gets infected, um, yep. you know, and uh, it's uh, it. You, you're right. You realize it about you know, 10 minutes before it happens. And right. the score does a great job with that too. The music oh, leading you into changes. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Does a great job. He makes that call to Madeline and Matilde, his daughter. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's very emotional. And, uh, it, it was, like I said, a great ending. Um, and then, you know, the, uh, the scenes after the two brief scenes after, um, cause you know, you could have just ended on that scene. Probably. I think we're great. You know, MI six doing the toast. Um, yep. M's got that great line in the end. I'll uh, I'll say it as we I'll read it as we close out the podcast. I think it's a really good uh, mm-hmm. conclusion to it. But uh, I you're think just gonna was, make me cry, dude. You're yeah, yeah cry. that was a, it was a great line. And then um, you know it ends with Madeline telling her daughter the story of James James Bond. Yep. Um, and uh, so you know it was emotional for sure. But yeah, I, I 
I think the second viewing, I think maybe even got me more than the first. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's how, you know, it's a good movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You watch it a second time. We talked about that on our Dune episode where it's just like the second viewing, if you can get hooked on something in the second viewing, you know, that that's a solid story, solid movie. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk uh, production a little bit um, before we start getting into the acting and score and our takeaways from this movie. Um, this movie was directed by uh, Carrie. I'll cut this out. Carrie Joji Fukunaga. I believe that's. I believe that's right. We'll go with that. I. Yeah. I think um, I'm going to use one. Will as a confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> this one this sounds good. Um, so ha- he hasn't really done a whole lot of other stuff. So I was really surprised when we find out when we found out he was directing that uh, he was going to be doing basically what was going to be the end of Craig's era of Bond. Um, yeah, it. Um, he he's probably best known for doing True Detective on mm-hmm. HBO. Um, he was a big part of that. Um, he also did uh, a show Maniac on Netflix that had Jonah Hill and Emma Stone in it. Um, yep. Other than that, one of I mean, he did a movie called Beasts of No Nation, which was a Netflix movie as well, um, which I don't think I've seen. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of a he wasn't a no name, but really, you know, making a big jump from, you know, HBO series and Netflix series to, right. you know, this massive movie. Um, I know directors changed hands multiple times. Originally, Mendez was supposed to come back, um, yep. who directed the previous two. And when I found out that he wasn't, I was very bummed about it. It was obviously yeah, I was too, man. Know, huge because I love Mendez. Yeah, yep. huge fan of Mendez. And you know, like I said, I like Sky. I like Spectre better than you did. We both love Skyfall. Um, yep. And there's oh, you know who it was? It was Danny Boyle in between. Danny Boyle was supposed to do it. He did. Um, oh, yeah. Millionaire. Yeah, he um, 127 yep. hours he did. He was right. Uh, and that's another reason, like when he took over, I was like, oh, this is another great director. Like, we'll gladly take it. Uh, 28 days later, he did. He's, he's a great director. Um, so it went through three different directors um, mm-hmm. and finally landed on him. I think clearly True Detective was, uh, you know, a big part of why he got the job. And overall, I think he did a very good job, you know, with you know, a lot on his plate here and a lot of pressure to wrap up this franchise and kind of taking over from a yeah. very well acclaimed director who did the previous two. So, um, yeah, exactly. A, a lot of pressure, but I think he did a great job. I mean, we see that a lot right now in Hollywood, right? Like these directors that have this immense amount of pressure put on them to wrap up a series. We saw it in Marvel a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so definitely the weight of that I'm sure is, is forcing him to do his best. Uh, you know, I think directors, they either take that and go with it and say, yeah, I'm going to do the best I absolutely can. And then others kind of like crumble under the pressure almost. And then we see that, you know, but I I agree. I agree. I feel like he did a good job with this one. Yeah. For the most part, if you think about this series of five movies had four different directors, right? Yep. Um, and we talked about it with star Wars about how, the different directors changed tonally the whole tone and like, yeah. feel of that series and really messed up mm-hmm. those movies for me, at least. Um, yeah. I was because the tone was so different, right? Yeah. Like yeah. The, the theme and the tone, like 
varied just, so much. And especially because it went Abrams, then Rian yep. Johnson, then back to Abrams. It was just like a seesaw, and it was, it was very odd, and it didn't fit and work for me. And I don't think that's an issue here, really. Um, no. Do you feel like the tone and the theme of the movie was carried over from I Spectre? I think all the tone of this whole series stayed true, even with, you know, like I said, Quantum of Solace is probably the weak point. That may be a little bit... that. That that one I think was just more action than any of the other ones. The kind of right. story lacked a little bit there, but it's still you know fun to watch. the The feel and tone of the movie was you know similar to me, so I don't think that's an issue here. Um, right. And you know, just going back to the director, like wrapping things up, like you know, you mentioned Marvel, and so you think about this compared to like Endgame, right? Like wrapping up mm. a series of movies and the pressure it took. Well, with that, you had the Russo brothers who did Infinity War had done. Civil War had done the Winter Soldier, who had all this right. feel for it, and it, it worked that way. Um, even with something like Nolan's Batman, uh, the third one, you can say it kind of has its problems, and it's not perfect, but at least you know you had Nolan kind of carrying over that tone from yep. the second one. I think the issue with <laughs> Nolan kind of screwed himself in that the second one was so perfect is that <laughs> the third one was just going to be a disappointment no matter what. Yeah, he was um, like, fuck, it was too good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, But, the, I mean, one of the greatest examples, too, I can think of is Lord of the Rings. And I think each movie right. maybe progressively got bigger and better. And I think by yeah. far Return of the King is the best entry in that franchise. And it really, you know, wrapped that story up well and... And did a great it job. Did. So it did. So I think this is an outlier series where the directors changed hands so much. And probably Craig's a big part of that. I know the producers on a lot of these movies stay the same. And the, the you know, Broccoli's and MGM are very involved. And um, so thankfully, it didn't really take a hit because of that this time. Right. And it's kind of amazing to think about it in the, in the, the Bond universe, right? Because you think about... Like, let's talk about Pierce Brosnan from Goldeneye to uh, Die Another Day. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, how that yeah. progressed from yeah. Goldeneye to Die Another Day yeah. and how crazy it got at the end. And then we talk yeah. about, like, the Daniel Craig five. And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty much the same from the end, beginning to end. Like, yeah. the tone is the same. It didn't get stupid. <laughs> basically. Yep. For whatever reason, there's this era of movies that's probably, I want to say, like, say 99 to like 02, 03, mm. they just decided to go over the top with like dumb, yeah. stupid action <laughs> that didn't really catch on. And Die Another Day is is like best in show at that. It, it's like, oh yeah, it just got prime so example. Gimmicky is like the word I can think of, like gimmicky action scenes. And, you know, like even you think about like Mission Impossible 2 um, is kind right. of that same way. Like, it, right. And, so I actually think it's a great comparison. Like Mission Impossible 1 and GoldenEye were both these like level grounded movies. Yes. Came out I kind totally of in the agree. same era. And then, you know, Mission Impossible 2 and then the sequels after uh, GoldenEye, you know, Tomorrow Never Dies yep. and World Is Not Enough. It kind of gradually took it there and then Die Another mm -hmm. Day just blew it up. So um, <laughs> it's a great point. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so kind of along that same lines, you know, like we kind of look for this in, in Bond movies, stunts. So what, if you were to pick out a stunt from this movie, what would you say was like your favorite like stunt action scene that you could tell the production value was just like crazy high? They spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, I would probably say uh, the 
car scene with uh, Logan Ash, uh, mm-hmm. Billy Magnuson's character, where where you know he dies and uh, Bond just kind of waits because he knows that whole branch is there, and then I think it's a Land Rover. Um, oh, you, yeah, you're talking about when he's in like the woods of Norway. Yeah, when he's in the woods. Yeah, yeah when he's in the woods in in Norway and. Uh, Madeline and their daughter are hiding away in that little hut there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he just kind of plans it out and kind of runs from them, and then the car does that flip, and he's shooting it while it goes down. Uh, yeah. That was really cool. Obviously, the whole opening scene is always awesome. Um, always. After, always. you know, after he finds the note from Spectre at Vesper's tomb there, and that yep. whole chase scene is great. The scene where he's waiting in the car. Um, That's what I was going to bring up. That yeah. was going to be my mine was the... Yeah, go ahead. Using the bulletproof glass as a point of tension yeah. in the movie. Watching yeah. it like it's cracking. Are you gonna are you gonna break? Anytime are you gonna now start here. talking? Yeah. Anytime yeah. now. And he just yeah. keeps doing it, dude. And that like that just progression was just so like unnerving because yeah. it was like but I've never seen that before. You've never yeah. used that like, you know, bulletproof glass as a way to create that tension. Yeah, that that whole opening sequence was was crazy. I, I wanted to say I think that was pr- that had to be one of the longest openings before you know we always have the opening credits with yeah. the song. It was I looked at it, twenty five minutes before the opening, you know, Billie Eilish credits. Yeah, um, wow, that's yeah, that's got to be the longest. I would say it's up there. I, without looking at it, maybe I can find it while we're talking here, but. Um, I was I was shocked by that. We actually, it's funny. The first time we went to see it, we yeah. were walking in the theater and the movie was starting. So we didn't know if we had missed like five minutes or like ten seconds. And yeah. I got nervous for a while because I was like, Shh, "Did these opening credits already happen?" <laughs> like, and we really, I went back and watched it. We literally missed like three seconds of the movie. <laughs> um, but I was like panicked the whole time. I was like, "Oh yeah, dude." Because the opening credits didn't happen for forever. And then finally they get there and I was like, okay, I bet we didn't miss much and we really didn't. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was one of the longest opening sequences. It was long. And it was yeah. also slow for the first part, right? Because yeah. Because he's setting the up back, the story. Yeah. yeah. The backstory of Safin and, yep. and Madeline. And oftentimes these opening scenes are just straight up action sequences. And, oh, yeah. And you kind of find about more about the story after the opening credits, but this kind of gave a little bit of both, but um, I loved it. I mean, certainly not a complaint. I just, uh, I think it was one of the longer ones for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it was long, but it wasn't dragged out. I don't feel like it, it just, it kind of moved along as it should. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I just looked it up. It actually is the longest screen time before those. Wow. Roll. So yeah, that's uh yeah, Carrie, uh, the director, said that in an interview. So, yeah, the longest before. And it, it really, you know, if I didn't have that, you know, didn't go in late, I probably wouldn't have thought about it. Um, right. I was just wondering if I had missed it was the only reason. But uh, <laughs> it's not like a drag by any means. But, yeah, 20 minutes before. 20 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, every Bond movie has the opening graphic element to it, right? Talking yeah. about still talking about production and effects a little bit here before yeah. we move on. What did you so of let's just let's just stick to the five Craig Bonds. How did this opening sequence add up to the rest for you? Yeah, I, I mean the opening sequences as far as you know, the design of them and the art that right. showed, they're all 
I would say relatively close in how I view them. For me, it's really yeah. a song. Um, oh, I, I got you. Feel. Um, so for did me, eyelash do it for you? <laughs> Billy eyelash. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, not a fan of hers uh, with her other songs that come out. I think she's unique. You know, I know uh, a couple of her songs. That's really it. Um, mm-hmm. But wasn't really crazy about it. But this one I liked. Um, fine. Not my favorite Bond song ever. Uh, Skyfall, yeah. I think, of the Craig era is by far the best one. I also, you know, like yep. the uh, Chris Cornell one as well. But uh, yep. I, I, I think, and the Sam Smith one was really good too. Um, they, you know, I think all of them really hit in the Craig era. But uh, they not did. My favorite, not my favorite, but I really liked it. Um, and I, you could see throughout the movie and they do this with some of them not all of them they kind of mm-hmm. have the theme song and just like instrumental tones of it throughout the, yep. the movie and some really great yep. scenes i know when bond goes back to uh norway and kind of reconciles with madeline they have a really cool instrumental score of that song playing in the background and yeah so they they get a good job of playing with it throughout the movie really liked it um really liked the song but you know not my favorite skyfall is still Skyfall is your favorite? Yeah. 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 Of the Craig think, era. Of the, and maybe overall, but of the Craig era for sure. Of the Craig area. Of uh, Craig area. I'd love to see Craig's area. I was just about to make that same <laughs> joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but we're talking songs, Will. But uh, I'd like to see Daniel Craig's butt too. But. but. <laughs> um, actually, like going a little bit motion graphics animation nerd uh casino royale was probably my favorite oh, animation. you know what? now that you're mentioning that i think you're absolutely right Fucking yeah just the cards the, and the, the casino. casino feel yeah 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 I completely agree yeah but i 100 percent agree with you on skyfall being the best song yeah. i liked that song the best skyfall's cool too because it's got some clues about the movie I mean, they yep. all do in a sense, but you kind of even see like Bardem's character in the opening credits. Right. The whole yeah, teeth thing. Do. Yeah. It's, uh, so yeah. they got some clues there, which is cool. But yeah, I think now that you mentioned that, I'm just thinking back on them, um, I, I would probably agree with you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the acting in this movie. We've got some big actors that joined no time to die we've got daniel craig rami malek leah sedu lashana lynch ray fines ben winshaw naomi harris jeffrey wright and of course anna de armas oh my god can you hear my heart beating i know just Uh. like as soon as i said her her name i was just like melted yeah Oh, I yeah, oh, I just love Anna. Yeah. Um, so some great, great actors that joined this uh, production. Oh, and Billy Magnuson, uh, Logan Ash, um, of course, and Christoph Waltz makes an uh, makes an appearance as uh, Blowfield. Yeah. Um, so, any standout performances to you in this movie? Yeah, the supporting actors in this is a little tough because, like I said before, it's really Bond's movie, right? He really shines. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree think, with you on that. I think Leah Seydoux is is good as Madeline Swan. I think she's fine. Um, I liked Eva Green better as Vesper. Um, <clears throat> but um, 
you know, I thought that she was kind of more Bond's true love than Madeline. I kind of felt it a little bit more with Vesper than I did with Madeline, but I think she's... Okay, so before you say your standout performances, then let's talk about how how do the Bond girls stack up in this one in comparison to the others. So you are still a fan of Ava Green as a Bond girl more than Leia City. Yeah, in a kind of an odd sense. I, I wouldn't even say there's really a quote-unquote Bond girl in this movie. And I've even read some interviews, I think, where they've said kind of the quote-unquote Bond girl is a thing of the past. Like, this is just his love in interest. In a sense. Yeah. yeah, in a sense, I guess. Like, I wouldn't the way call, they used to the way they yeah, used to do it. I wouldn't call Ana de Armas' character, uh, was it Paloma was her name? It? Yeah. I wouldn't call her a Bond girl, you know. Um, yeah. She's just a, a side character in the movie. So, um, if we're just talking about, you know, they're like the female leads in the movie. I think Eva Green um, was definitely superior. Um, so who else do you have in the Craig era? You have, I know, Olga Kirilenko was. Yeah, from Quantum of Solace. Quantum and then we Solace. talked Judy um, Dench is basically the Bond girl in Skyfall. He doesn't really have a Bond girl except for uh, the one that was on the boat that was. Javier Bardem's like, yeah, gopher yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, there wasn't really any Bond yeah, it's girls really in that one. Bond and M in that movie, and um, I will say this: um, what I was a little bit disappointed about in this movie is that I really like uh, Naomi Harris as Money Penny. I do too. She got a lot less screen time in this than I feel like she did in the last. She two did. Um, she she was did. a total badass in Skyfall. You know, going from the opening sequence, yeah, going after him and. You know, really, yeah. since she got kind of outed as money, you know, not outed, but revealed as Money Penny. <laughs> money um, Penny, yeah. She just really became a secretary in these last couple movies, and that was a little bit disappointing for me because disappointing. I thought, yeah. I thought that, that she's a really good actress. I thought that she, you know, was a real badass in, in the last two and kind of took a step back here. Um, but, you know, going back to... Uh, Leah Seydoux and Madeline. Um, I, I I think she's good. I, I don't want to say that she's not good. She's a very good actress, and her character's good. And I do like mm-hmm. that. She's not your prototypical Bond girl, you know. She's uh, yeah. she's a doctor, and you know that plays a big part in the plot with Blofeld, and um, obviously, you know, first, you know, daughter of of you know, yeah. Here, so, um, so I, I think she's great, but. If we're just talking about overall standout performances outside of Craig, the scene stealers for me are uh, Jeffrey Wright, Felix Leiter, mm-hmm. and Ana de Armas. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, so I'll just break both those down. I'll start with with uh, with Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright um, has not been in this series since Casino Royale. Yep. Uh, so they bring back Felix Leiter, who's in a bunch of old movies too he's always bonds you know uh yeah cia cia friend uh, uh, yeah yeah yeah. what's the word i'm looking for his you know mirror image whatever of the cia right yeah so um he's really good he's a really good actor you know if you watch westworld i'm sure you know from there yeah just did the voice he's uh the watcher gonna be um he's gonna be gordon and yeah gonna be commissioner gordon in the new batman yeah he's done a bunch he's a great actor um, you know, his death was, was powerful and you could mm-hmm. tell, uh, it, it's amazing that they did that too, because I think maybe it's just because we're Bond fans that we felt that, but you mm-hmm. hadn't seen this guy in four movies 
and you still felt it. And even Bond at the end, after he kills Ash, says, I yep. did have a brother. His name was Felix. Man, um, I tell you, you you said he hadn't been on since Casino Royale, and I never thought of that. Yeah. Like, Felix has always been, like, yeah the guy. I don't know. He's always been in, you know, he's never been forgotten. Yeah, and I think I think Jeffrey Wright plays him perfect. I'm, I'm real happy they brought him back. That is really good. Again, small. These are all very small roles. Um, yes. Anna de Armas, even smaller. Um, Anna de Armas, I have a, a theory about this. I was actually talking to Lauren about it last night. Um, I think because this movie got delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so put it this way. This movie gets delayed. Mm-hmm. Knives Out comes out in between. Mm-hmm. Anna de Armas blows up. Mm-hmm. It's really her big role. But she already filmed this only small role in No Time to Die. They get a yep. chance to alter their marketing and really market this movie around Ana de Armas. You know, you look at all the movie posters. She's in them. She's in, you know, yeah. Henry Hoff and the trailers and everything yep. like that. I read some review somewhere that was like, you know how little Ana de Armas is in this movie? She doesn't change her clothes ever. She wears one dress <laughs> in the one yep. scene and that's it. Which I, that dress I'm okay with. Uh, Just wear and, that all the time, oof, please. Sheesh. Uh, Woo! And she's excellent. I mean, I think every review you read, mm-hmm. they call her a scene stealer. And she is. She's oh, great. she is. She's a scene, she's, scene she's stealer. Absolutely. She's funny. You know, yep. the part where she says, oh, I've only, she, I'm so excited for this. I've only had three weeks training. And, you know, they <laughs> go all into it. You know, it's funny because they know how to play off of her strengths. Because she yeah. was kind of like in Knives Out. She played like a little bit of the same kind of character. Naive. I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, I'm you know, yeah. innocent. And she, she played that a little bit up in this one. They knew what to, how to play off of her strengths. So they, they yeah, did I mean, it. Well, you think she's naive, but she's really not at all. Exactly. I, mean, I was about Bond, to say. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the, end, at the end, he's like, yeah, I forget what he says, but he's like three weeks, my ass or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so yeah, she, she might be playing bond a little bit, right? Maybe. Like saying, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, loved her. think that she's a, great actress and and so likable and stand out here but you know was just there uh everyone else is uh, i have some uh villain problems that i'm sure we can get to later but what's uh yeah let's hear your, let's hear your standouts um uh, basically they're the same man uh jeffrey wright and um anna de armas was were both of my favorites in the movie um outside of daniel craig of course, because yep. Daniel Craig was perfect. Um, but uh, yeah, those two were big. Um, I really liked the relationship that they were building with Q and Bond in this. Yep. So Ben Winshaw, I really like him as a character. I, I love him as Q. I hope I hope they continue a couple of these characters. You know, they've done that in previous Bond eras, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the same guy played Q forever until Desmond Llewellyn yep. played it until Brosnan. Then you had right. John Cleese play it for all those movies. And so they have had characters, you know, actors play the same characters in different genres or different eras of Bond and different stories. And I hope that they do. I like Ray Fiennes as M. I like playing. I, was just I know. Money Penny. I really like you. I'm with you. Yeah. I think he kind of took a step back. He was in some important scenes at the end, but. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and I totally agree because I think, you know, especially since Skyfall, like M and Q and Money Penny. And even like Tanner, Roy Tanner. Kinnear. Yep. He all the those guys are like 
MI6, right? Yeah. Like they feel like you could just continue this story on and keep those guys as MI6 because yeah. they're so MI6 and just like keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, you know, even Ana de Armas, you can have her still be in the CIA mm-hmm. in a different movie and. Obviously, you know, if you wanted to bring back lighter, you could bring back. Lighter. You can do whatever you want. You know, you're, you're. I mean, do whatever you want. You're starting with a clean Just, slate. You're rebooting the franchise. You, that doesn't mean you can't use some of the same actors. And I hope that they do to a certain point. But right, um, uh, yeah. Q, I think um, a little bit underused in this one too. But like I said, some crucial scenes. Did get to find out that he's gay. That was a big, uh, yeah, slight reveal. Just with a throwaway line, but um, <laughs> it was a throwaway yeah. line. But always good to throw I, in some I liked representation. It. Yeah, I did too. Always I liked to it. In. I thought it was great. Yeah, it didn't feel forced. And um, no, not at all. Yeah, not at all. And uh, really liked it. That whole scene at his apartment was was good. I liked that one. Oh yeah, bonded money penny break into his apartment and just crash his dinner date. <laughs> That's classic Bond, dude. Classic Bond. Um, so let's talk about Lashana Lynch. And her character of yeah. Nomi. Um, do you think that the extra 007 helped or hurt the story? Uh, I, I thought it was fine. I, I actually really liked at the end when she she was the one who said uh, to uh, M, like, hey, Commander Bond, permission to give the 007 yeah. name back to you know Commander Bond. Um, I, I really like Lashana Lynch. She's also... Uh, you know, in uh, Captain Marvel in the Marvel movies, she plays Carol's mm-hmm. best friend there. I think she's a really great actress. I'm really glad, and I thought this would be the case all along. Everyone was saying, like, she's going to take over as James Bond, which didn't make any sense. Um, no. And I think Daniel Craig really put it well because that was a big part of the press leading up to this movie, which is like, James Bond should be a man. Don't yeah. recast this role as a woman. We talked you about should, this on our Bond recreate, episode. Yeah, yeah, you should recreate. You should create new powerful characters for women rather than just saying, "Hey, I'm just going to switch." Exactly. This already well-known exactly. character. And I think you know he said it way better than I just did. I'm sure, but um, I think it's a great point. And I think Lashana Lynch even agreed. I think in a certain interview. And I think the fact that I think a lot of people didn't realize that 007 is a title and not a name. So like. Right. If they had a female 007 like they did in this movie for a vast majority of it, mm-hmm. no one cared. I think it was a good story. I think she's a really strong actress. I think, you know, her her demeanor towards Bond at the beginning of the movie, you know, when she picks him up on her moped and kind of fools him. And, you know, she's yeah. just naturally resentful towards him for whatever reason. And then, you know, obviously she gets to see his true side and how much he cares and how much he wants to do right. And then by the end of the movie, like I said, she kind of cultivates with her giving up that 007 title. So uh, I liked her. I thought that she was very good. Actually, I would, I would put her right up there with the standouts of the movie. I think again, it's, it's small. I I do have to cringe a little bit when she did say the title of the movie and killed the guy, uh, the scientist (laughs) guy. It's always a little bit cheesy when you say the title of the movie um, you know, and she says, "Hey, do you know what time it is? It's time to die." And then she kicks oh, the scientist guy God. into the pool there. But uh, other than that, I uh, I liked her. What do you think? Um, I thought she was great, man. I think the uh, chemistry between her and Bond was really good, and especially like played out towards the end, right? Like as soon as they 
got together and realized they were going to have to work together and uh, they were on that big ass plane. And, um, you know, like you said, she was like, can we call him Commander Bond now? Um, they started like understanding each other and realizing that he had strengths and she had strengths. And if they worked together, they could accomplish this goal. Um, I feel like as soon as I realized that she was the bond, I, immediately in my head, I went, everyone is going to freaking hate this. <laughs> Everybody is going to be like all over the place. But in actuality, nobody really said a whole lot about it. Yeah. Um, she is, she's 007 for a bit. She's 007. Bond. Yeah, it's yeah so, exactly. So different. Yeah. It's, it's different. I think it was... You know, because we talked about this on the Bond episode, what's going to be coming next? Who's going to be playing it? Should it be a woman? Should they gender change Bond? Um, And I think it was like a little like they're dipping their toes in it. You know, like what? Let's see how the reaction is. Let's let's kind of explore this side of it. And um, I think they picked Lashana Lynch does a great job. She's I mean, like you never once think that she is lesser than Craig's bond or greater. They're just like equals. They just like, um, just headbutt the entire time until up until the end when they need to work together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely holds her own. And, and I think you can, you know, going forward with this franchise, you can do a lot of things. You can create a new character. That's a female. That's, you know, you know, two on the call sheet that's right up there with bond Mm -hmm. like that she was you know you could even bring her character back if you wanted to you can gender swap other characters they did with m look at how great judy dench was like the best great bar none ever i'm glad that they kind of moved on and you know wrapped up her story so well with skyfall but that was always a man guess what they gender swapped that no one cares i actually think vast majority Mm -hmm. of people you ask who was m they will say judy dench judy Um, dench yeah you could do it even with lighter. You, like you could have Felix Lighter have oh, a yeah, female could. name and you know whatever. It's just sure. Bond it, because that character's so iconic and it's just to Craig's you know again to Craig's point. Like why would you do that in a way that's a disservice, right? So mm-hmm. create more powerful roles for females rather than just saying because it's just lazy. Oh, here's Bond. Let's just make him a female now. Like it, it's lazy. Yeah, yeah, that's lazy. Um, so we're starting to get an Oscar season. Do you think that this is going to be up for any Oscar noms? Probably not. Um, maybe song, maybe Billie Eilish will get something. She's a, she's a a big fan favorite. She's a, she's a thing. She's a thing. She's a, she's a thing now. So she's a thing. Um, other than that, I can't really think of anything that it would get nominated for it'd be nice to see craig get one on his way out as bond but right out it i don't i definitely don't think if any actors it would be bond other than that i i, I don't think so yeah, um, yeah. certainly not directing the cinematography is good and um particularly sound like score sound, maybe sound yeah it may be sound um but i don't know what about you uh, I agree. I don't think there's any acting standouts here that are Oscar worthy, but um, I could probably see effects or sound being not at least nominated. I don't think with what we're what they're up against. I mean, Dune. Um, yeah. That there's Dune. Um, that there's probably going to be any 
yeah. uh, competition with Dune. So Skyfall um, won two. It won song. Adele won. And um, mm-hmm. sound editing for Skyfall as well. Yep. Um, so definitely not out of the realm for it to be nominated for those two. No, it's not out of the realm for a Bond movie to be nominated, especially in the Craig era. Yeah. Uh, Spectre, um, Spectre won best song too for Sam Smith one as well. Wow. So, yeah. Maybe, um, maybe it'll do it again. Yeah, I could, I could totally see that. That would, I think, be the best bet. It's probably a safe bet. It's at least nominated. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll see. So we, you kind of mentioned it earlier that you were going to talk about, and I don't even. I'll just say his last name, Safin, Rami Malek as Safin. Yeah. What uh, kind of? What did you? How did you feel about this Bond villain? I want to, I want to, because I want to separate this into things, right? So I want to talk about him as a villain. Yeah. And then I want to talk about his plan, the master plan. Yeah. 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 So his, his motivation is the biggest problem I have with it. It doesn't. I agree. I totally agree. It makes sense to a point in the movie until Blofeld dies Mm -hmm. because he wants Spectre killed because Spectre killed his whole family. Then when mm-hmm. Blofeld dies, what does he care about anymore? Why is he exactly. still... He let Madeline live earlier, but now he wants to yeah. kidnap her, but not kill her? I, it, it makes no sense to me. Um, this is the lost baggage in this movie. Yeah, I, I'm I'm confused on that part a little bit. Um, they do mm-hmm. have a line in it, Madeline, when they're in um, Madeline's father's safe room, Mr. White's safe room, mm-hmm. and she's telling on the whole story about Safin and you know how Blofeld uh, contracted Mr. White to kill yep. uh, Safin's family and they have the poison farm and all that and right. then she says oh yeah he's coming back now and he's coming back for me um, but still it doesn't really add up to me um, so that was the my biggest problem with the villain itself I think Malik was good yeah. Um, I still I like um, Javier Bardem better. I liked uh, <laughs> I like Blofeld a lot. Um, oh, literally Holmes. every other villain probably for me. Yeah, Lashif. I wouldn't say Lashif in Casino Royale. Quantum of Solace. Uh, um, mm. I would probably disagree, but I think at Malik- least his at least his plan was like. As stupid as it was, I'm going to save all the water so nobody else can get it and then I'm going to capitalize on it. Yeah. Uh, At least it was like way more understandable than what the fuck Safin is doing with all of those weird UV lights under the. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, like, because I mean, basically, Spectre turned around and weaponized his family's poison farm against itself. And so I like get that aspect, but I just, I just don't get after Blofeld dies. What's your motivation anymore? Cause he goes in there with Madeline. He, you Mm -hmm. know, gets the, uh, what do you call it? Nanobots or whatever on her so Mm -hmm. she can poison him. Um, it ends up bond ends up doing it cause she passes it to him and then he attacks Blofeld. So that's it. Spectre's dead after that. And that's your revenge. I don't, I don't get that, but, He's fine. I, I don't want to bash his performance. I think he's, you know, creepy enough. <laughs> um, certainly with the scene. Yeah, I mean, Matilda do you think end. that he was um, he was a throwback to Doctor No? 
I thought he was going to be Dr. No. I was just waiting for them to reveal it. I think it's an homage maybe, uh, particularly with the island, which I still mm-hmm. think is, I think it's, uh, I think it's Jamaica and Dr. No, but here it was like, I think they said it was out near China. Um, yeah, they were trying to Japan. incorporate, yeah, Japan. It was in between Russia and Japan. Yeah. So it was kind of like this weird in between area. Yeah, but I do think there's a lot of similarities with the character, even like the way he talked a little bit. Um, with his voice, yep. I think there were some throwbacks. I was waiting for that twist the whole time because I thought, you know, the way that they did, uh, you know, Waltz as Blofeld in the last one, I thought yeah. that they would definitely continue that. And um, I also feel like his headquarters or his, you know, was very reminiscent. Oh, of, yeah. Yeah. Even after Dr. Knows. Yeah. Once you get inside the island, there, it was very similar. Yeah, so yeah. It, it definitely an homage, at least. And, you know, he was all right. I, on the other hand, uh, villains we talked about a little bit magnuson as ash i thought was terrible i think he tried like too hard and to be oh yeah he was awful i thought he was a bad guy i knew he was a bad guy right away right Uh, right away it's like like, are you guys really trusting this guy like i I didn't i didn't buy that at all didn't buy his performance uh didn't love it and uh so villain problem for sure in this it's probably the my biggest it's probably the weakest it. part weakest part is the villain Be- well you know i mean dude we had two i mean i would even say like every villain up to this point has been a heavy hitter maybe quantum of solace he was oh, probably yeah. not a heavy hitter but I dude don't... like all of them i feel like were better villains than rami malek's safin i yeah. just i wasn't a big fan of his like yeah. that was probably my weakest part of the movie. I I think so too. I I mean, uh, his name is Dominic Green in uh, Quantum of Solace. That's right. I I, I think yep. he I think he's the weakest. But um, even Lashif, I think could have gotten more to do. I just think that Mods Mickelson is such a good villain that he just God, he's such more, a good villain. <laughs> yeah, that he he becomes a little bit more memorable in that sense. But I mean, yeah, you're coming off. I really like Waltz as Blowfellow. I think it was a great casting, and I really love Bardem as that character. So tough to top, but yeah, it's the yeah. letdown of the movie. But at the end of the day, it is kind of a little bit secondary. Um, you know, it, like I said, it's Bond's. Story it is. And, it is. Yeah, uh, it's Bond's story. Craig's story. Yeah, Craig's Bond story. Yeah, for sure. Um, so takeaways from the movie, man. Let's talk about what we walked out of the movie theater thinking about. What was your favorite scene? Do you uh, have my, a favorite scene? Yeah, my favorite scene is the last one. My favorite scene is, is Bond dying. Um, yeah. I think it's uh, going to be iconic in in Bond lore for, you know, mm-hmm. forever. And uh, it's it's the standard. Have they it, done that before? Have no. they done that before? Killed off a Bond at the end of a movie? No. Uh, it's just really they kind of end abruptly unless I'm not remembering anything. I mean. I don't. I can't. Definitely not I Brosnan. Definitely not Dalton. No. Definitely not Moore. Um, what's the last not time? Not even. Connery, they bring him back in that like fake Bond movie. Never yeah. seen ever again. Um, yep. Lazenby gets married and then in the one right. movie he's in, and I believe they kill his wife, if I remember correctly. Yeah. He gets married in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but, um, yep. no, nothing like that. And I don't think he's had a daughter before either. It's, um, you know, they took some, some risks and kind of made him a more human character probably than he has been in the past. And overall in this whole series, they kind of made him more human than, 
Um, oh yeah. All yeah, those absolutely. Have in the past and, you know, obviously he's still this cool guy, but he's, you know, less of a womanizer than probably these previous bonds have been. And, um, you know, I, I just thought it was a real, a lot more grounded take on the character. And, uh, I think that certainly plays with, the movies today. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say if I had a, probably a favorite scene in the movie, um, I've always been a huge fan of when we, when we see bond at his, like when he's not like doing his action pack stuff, when he's on his like luxury shit, that's like my favorite part of the bond movies. Yeah. Um, so I actually enjoyed the buildup. So after he leaves Madeline, which I loved that whole first scene where they're kind of walking around and yeah. And they're just, you know, it's this beautiful landscape and Italy or Greece or wherever they are. Yeah. And, uh, Italy. And then they go to Jamaica and then, you know, fast forward, he's in Jamaica. He's just like all of these scenes where he's in a different place, uh, just being bond, you know, just being bond by himself. Honestly, those are some of my favorite scenes in these Craig movies. Uh, if you think about like Casino Royale when he first lands on the beach or when him and Vesper are talking on the train or after the scene in Casino Royale where he he finally beats Le Chief and he's sitting down eating caviar. Like those, I don't know, the, those like downtime scenes for me are always some of my highlights in these movies. Yeah, um, I, I always like the MI6 banter too. Like you know, yeah, seeing his relationship with M, you know, his flirtatious stuff with Money Penny, his you know back and forth with Q. I like all that stuff. So I do like when he, you get to see him with you know interact with MI6 as well. I will bring up just because I'm a huge film nerd, uh, the uh, stare fight scene at the end where they didn't cut. Oh, it yeah. was cool. like a content continuous take all yep. the way up the fight, all the way up the flight of stairs. Yep. That was pretty, that was pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, so we kind of talked about lost baggage being kind of like the villain, the villains, like major, uh, plot against the world. Um, how do you think this is going to stack up as the legacy of bond? Like, do you feel like the next round of Bond has a huge, like, endeavor ahead of them to try and make this again? Yeah. Um, I hope that they take advice from this one, this series of films, and do something different. Yeah. Um, you know, as easy as it would be to say, hey, I want to continue this tone and theme and, you know, this type of Bond movie. I think you got to make it your own and do something different. And that's exactly what this era did. Um, these are by far the most unique bond movies of the whole series. Um, and I think that the reception proves that. I mean, I know you and I both had, uh, two Craig movies in our top five. This is probably, mm-hmm. be, this would probably be in the top 10 for me overall and overall bond movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, three Craig's at least in the, in the top 10 of, uh, I think all time bond movies. So, um, I think the legacy will be there. I think the legacy is there for Craig. I think the legacy is there for 
particularly Skyfall and Casino Royale. And I think, you know, it's interesting to say, like I said before, like you do need to stand the test of time. Like this is a month old. Yeah. Let's yeah. see how it, it, you know, you do need to let these things marinate a bit. But I think Craig's legacy is undeniable. I think I said like that last scene is going to be held in high regard for a long time. And, um, you know, the the next group has got their work cut out for them. So we'll see. I think, I think it's going to happen sooner than we think. I think they said they're going to start looking at casting early next year. So we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. What um, do you think? I mean, I totally agree. I would like to see the uh, genre or the uh, the world of Bond take a different turn. Um, this has been a wonderful ride, uh, these last five movies. Um, my wife and I were actually talking about this. When I first met her, um, I was a Casino Real freak. Like, I watched Casino Real all the time. I made her watch Casino Real. It was like a big part of the first part of our relationship. Yeah. And so, like, thinking back on this movie, it's just on all the movies, on all the Craig movies. I just love, I love them. They were like, they, they were a point in my life where I started changing. I started growing out of that stupid kid phase where I was, you know, getting drunk all the time. And I'm still getting drunk all the time. So that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. trying to like mature and evolve and I don't know, for some reason, Craig and, uh, Casino Real and then, uh, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall, especially started yeah. defining who I wanted to be. Yeah. And, uh, he was, I mean, he was just like this, this cool dude. He was relatable and you wanted to be him. So the legacy that he leaves behind is immense in my opinion. And I don't want you to try to imitate that. I want this to be a one and done. He had his five movies. They were great. The tone was perfect throughout all five movies. Let's move on. I want to see a different side of Bond. Show me something I haven't seen before. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they take their time with it, which is going to suck. But, I mean, so the last time you had in between Bonds was four years. You had Die Another Day come out in 2002, and then it was four years later was Casino Royale. Um, yep. Before that, I think, was six, I want to say, uh, to from Dalton to Brosnan. Um from License to Kill to Goldeneye, I think was 89 to 95. Um, so, you know, they t- they can take, you know, three, four years on this, three, four, five years, I think, and that's fine. Get the casting mm-hmm. right, get the director right, um, get a good story and don't rush into it and make it your own. And, you know, the character is intriguing enough and there's a lot more stories to tell, I'm sure. So, um, but, you know, this era and this legacy is undeniable and for me uh you know the best bond ever um it's got the best yeah. bond movie ever um and uh you know it that skyfall you know will always be a top 10 movie for me i don't know if that's ever going to change top 10 overall movie not just bond. yes yeah. it's, it's up there so uh you know it's bummer it's it's sad to see it go but i think you know rather end it too early than than too late and uh exactly i think the yeah. timing was great and not a lot to uh, complain about over these, you know, what, 15 years we've had with that. Uh, right. Well, we've talked a lot about No Time to Die. We brought up, you know, the reception, production, acting, talked about the score, 
um, our lost baggage and favorite scene. It's time to wrap it up with a letter grade. Uh, Will, go ahead and give us your letter grade on No Time to Die. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a B plus, um, which is the same grade I gave Dune. I like this slightly better. Um, mm-hmm. I'm bordering, teetering on A minus. I'm going to try to be a little bit tougher with these grades, just going back and thinking about yeah. the past A. You're going to be a strict teacher. Yeah, I'm going to be a little <laughs> bit more strict and not go into the A territory here, particularly because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, there's two movies better, I think, in this series of five. And, you know, some villain issues um, kind of, you know, brought it down a little bit for me. I give Craig's performance in A, um, mm-hmm. and I give Craig's era of Bond in A by far. Mm-hmm. But this movie, not perfect, but very good, very enjoyable, and it did what I wanted it to do, which is just wrap up this immensely successful era of James Bond. B plus for me. What about you? I'm along the same lines. I'm going to go B, um, straight B, uh, with the contingency that everyone knows that. Uh, I love Anna de Armas. <laughs> A plus plus for Anna. A plus 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 plus. I'm going to give enough. an extra plus for the dress she was wearing in this movie. There's not enough pluses for that dress. Unbelievable. There's not enough pluses for that dress. But I agree. It wrapped up the uh, the era of Craig for me very nicely. It actually wrapped it up in a way that there is no possible conceivable fucking way Craig is ever coming back as Bond. Um, He's completely gone, wiped out, vanished, dead. Dead. Did. Did. Every time Lauren and I watch a movie and someone dies, she goes, dead. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, Lauren. You got it. He is did. (laughs) Um, but I'll give it a B. Uh, not my favorite in the series, but a great wrap up to uh, 15 years of Craig Bond that we have experienced. Um, so that was our letter grade guys. Let us know what you think. Agree, disagree. No time to die is still in theaters right now. If you can get out and see it, otherwise it is on demand. Pick it up, watch it. It's definitely a must-watch, especially if you liked any of the Craig Bonds. Um, he really shines in this movie. Will, any final thoughts on this before we call it? Yeah, so I think uh, I'll just read this quote we talked about earlier, the one that M uses at the very end. Yeah, kind do of it, toast, toast Bond, and we'll toast to the Craig era, and we'll call it a day here. So very end, Ray, Ray Fiennes' as M has this quote. is a Jack London quote, um, who's an American author, journalist, and social activist. Uh, and the quote is, the proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time, which I absolutely love. Um, and it was a great wrap up to this era of Bond. And it's a great wrap up to this podcast. So cheers to Daniel Craig and cheers to 15 years of, of Bond. Cheers. Cheers, Will. Cheers, Craig. Cheers, Bond. Good night, y'all. Cheers, everybody.